fired up. Who's fired up to be at church today? Yes, that's awesome. I've got to meet so many of you and be able to hang out in the woods and uh, on a back deck. And it's just so enjoyable to be here again. I think it was about five years ago that I was here. And I, I am just so excited. You know, some, some crazy things have happened in the last five years, right? Uh, lots of things. And now we're facing new crazy things. Maybe inflation is one of the things we face that's different, that we haven't seen for several years. Maybe we've seen deflation take place in other areas. Uh, but today, the message that I feel like God placed on my heart is a message that I've titled, Move. To move. Everybody say move. 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 That's awesome. And it's to move. Well, if you're moving, you're coming from one place to another. And so today's message is about moving. And I've got like four different ways to express this. The first one is to move from struggling to surplus, right? Who's down for that? Who would rather have surplus versus struggling? I'm down for that. The other one is to move from O to own. You know, there's only one letter difference, but there's a wild difference in how you get to live your life. O versus own. The third one is to move from selfish to selfless. And the last one is to move from greed to to generosity. You know, we're all humans and we all have this gravitation towards me. And today I'm going to kind of speak to that uh, looking at a passage of scripture that Paul wrote in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you want to turn there as we prepare for, to read that. Uh, but I, I want to ask some questions, make sure we're on the right page. And this is kind of a would you rather if given the choice of, okay? So if you're given the choice of having money or not having money, which would you choose? It's early Sunday morning. I'm making this really easy, right? <laughs> having money, right? If you had the choice of having peace and contentment or loads of stress and anxiety, which would you choose? Yeah, give me the peace, right? If you had the choice of zero debt or piles of debt, which would you choose? These are, these are not head-scratcher ideas, right? And if you had the choice of being a giver or being a taker, which would you choose? Well, we'd all want to be known as a giver. And so today I'm going to talk about how we can progress there. I'm going to share some of my own story and testimony about that. And my goal is to help you move. Because we all have this pull to selfishness, to me, to greed... And we always see it in other people's lives, but it's hard for us to see it in our own life. And, and if you think about uh, this passage of Scripture, Paul wrote it to the church in Corinth, and it's in chapter 9, verses 6 through 14. We're going to read it and then see what we can learn from it today. And it says this, remember this, I love that, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap, help me, sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously it's awesome and, and it says each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves what type of giver a cheerful everybody smile smile your neighbor right now isn't that awesome it's awesome and 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 it says and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work as it is written he, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be what? Generous on every occasion. 
And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you approved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. I'm going to preach today and teach about moving. And when we're done, I'm going to offer a challenge. Who's ready for a challenge? Anybody up for a challenge? Awesome. And so let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us each individually. Lord, I thank you right now for your word. I thank you that it is as relevant to our life as the day that pen was put to parchment by Paul. I pray for every soul in this building that we would clearly hear from you. Give us a clear next step on how we can move towards you. Because it is all from you and it is for you. And we pray all of this in your mighty name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Verse 6. Uh, let's look at this piece by piece, this scripture. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap. Say it again. Sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. And, and I always like to say here, and he who sows nothing will reap. Oh, it does stand to reason, doesn't it? Now, I don't know if any of you have ever raised a garden or anybody grew up with a garden. Anybody have a garden, love gardening? Anybody? Uh, three people, this is awesome. Well, well uh, here's one thing that I know, and this is the principle I want to teach. The harvest is proportional to what is sown. The harvest is proportional to what is sown. Now, I am the youngest of six boys. My mother and father had four boys. They really wanted a daughter. And so the youngest baby boy four years, was four and five years old, and they got another baby on the way, and, and they prayed that it would be the daughter that they wanted. And on March 31st, my mother went into labor to deliver this prayed-for daughter. And it, March 31st, what's the day after that? April Fool's Day. This is relevant and important to this story. So it's 10 o'clock at night, and the nurse is listening to the womb with the stethoscope, because that's how they checked on babies back then. And she got this really scared look and went and got her doctor and said, there's something wrong with the baby's heartbeat. And he came in, and he listened, and he broke into a broad smile and said, there's nothing wrong with the baby's heartbeats. There's two of them. And my mother said what I think any mother would say at that moment. She said, it's not April Fool's Day. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm having one baby, and it better be a girl, or I'm sending it back. I have witnesses that she said this. And about a half hour later, an hour and a half before April Fool's Day, my identical twin brother was born. And seven minutes later, I was born. She did not cheer either. She cried. And the next day in Indiana, there was a tornado and an earthquake. No joke. And my mother felt like she lived in a tornado and earthquake for the next 18 years with six boys. But my father, uh, we had one family automobile, and we had a 1974 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale. Yeah. Anybody remember those land yachts? I mean, they floated. And uh, mom and dad had a rule that no one sits up front with mom and dad, so all six boys had to climb into the back seat. So no seatbelts were involved in this story, right? So me and my twin, being the youngest, had the choice of sitting on the hump or in the back window. 
Anybody know, remember the hump, right? And so, so we would get in this car. And my dad says he remembers times looking in that rearview mirror. He would see six sets of eyes staring at him. And he would say, oh my goodness, we are going to be broke forever. How do I even feed these kids? And he had the light bulb moment that says, I know we can raise our food. And so he put us to work raising a garden. And, and every spring, without consulting my schedule, my parents would make us plant this garden. And despite my best efforts to ruin it, God would make it grow. And we would have a, a quarter acre of green beans, a whole acre of sweet corn. And, and then without consulting my schedule again in the summertime, they would make us, my mother would announce it, it's green bean picking day. And we would have to go pick green beans and we would pick bushels and bushels of green beans. We would put up over 200 quarts of green beans a year. And we did not lack for food, but we had green beans about every meal. Right? How do you want your eggs at breakfast? Here's a scoop of green beans. I mean, it's very special. But, but as a kid, I'm like, when I get older, I'm never going to have a garden. No way. I bought a house. Guess what I found myself doing the next spring? Planting a garden. And, and I was out there, and I, I'm planting these seeds, and I was planting blue lake bush green beans, the type my mother grew, and I'm planting them really far apart because I have this issue that if I plant a seed, some of you won't understand this, others will, that if the plant grows, God made it grow, that beautiful little plant, I have problems thinning them out if they're too close or hurting plants. It's just an issue I have. And so I plant them really far apart. I always had a bunch of extra seed that I'd put back in the garage. And then not all the seeds would plant or sprout. Most of them would. But then not all that would sprout would get to maturity because Peter Cottontail and his friend would come over. Right? Bambi and his mom and dad would come over. The dog would go out there and stomp on some. And by the time harvest time came around, I found myself with like eight green beans and a bag full of seed in the garage. And the next year, I did the same thing. Planted it really far apart. Terrible things happened to the plants. Per terrible harvest. And I literally had this verse come to life where I realized... I am getting a sparing harvest. Why? Because I have sown sparingly. That's when I broke up with my feelings of hurting plants. The next year, I'm like, y'all going in. All of you. Woo! Planted them all. A bunch of them sprouted. The ones that didn't know. I, I didn't even miss the ones that didn't sprout. And despite the best efforts of the animal kingdom, I had plenty left. I'm thinning them. You know, too bad, so sad. Go call your dad. You bloomed in the wrong spot. And from then on, I've had an abundant harvest. Why? Because I have sown generously. In fact, this last year, I put up 40 quarts of green beans myself. I have become my parents. <laughs> but the harvest is proportional to what is sown. And if you want to move from greed to generosity, if you want to move from lack to surplus, if you want to move from owing to owning, hear me, it's going to take effort. And you're going to have to sow those type of seeds in your life. Unless you think I'm only talking about money today. Hey, do you have some stress and anxiety in your life? Hey, could I suggest that just maybe you might be sowing those seeds? My daughter, she is, she is fired up. I don't know where she gets it from, but she is fired up. And she's an athlete. She's a cross-country distance runner. Uh, she got a scholarship for that. She made the, the national championships in distance running. She didn't win, but it was pretty good for her. 
And uh, she, she decided not only running 50 to 70 miles a week in training was not enough, and uh, she didn't want to take the average 15, 16 credit hours. She decided to take two extra classes so she'd have 20, 21 credit hours. She's trying to get done in three years. And in addition to that, she wanted to make some money, so she got a job. And then she bought a house on top of it. And, and she's like, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what's And I had to talk to her. Come here, daughter. Beautiful Malia. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You look like your mother. That's a wonderful thing. Hey. Just maybe you've sown those seeds. Do you see it? The harvest is proportional to what is sown. And so my questions today, I have two of them, is what are you sowing? And how much of that are you sowing? So let, let's look uh, just, just some practical ways. I'm going to show you some seeds. I want you to guess what grows from this seed. Okay, let me show you the first seed. Let's put it up here. Can anybody guess what that seed is? Somebody said rice. It kind of looks like rice, but yes, I made it easy. It, let's show you what it is. It is a green bean. Get fired up. We have a few more of these. Let's show you another one. Anybody know that one? Oh, I hear confidence in the house. They say pumpkin. Are they right? They're right. All right, let's show you another one. Ooh, I'm going to make it harder. Oh, I hear sunflower. Let's see. It is not. It's a watermelon. That's awesome. And I'm going to show you one more. And this is not a rock. This is not a pebble. My friends, that, let's show you, it's a loofah. The thing you, you scrub with, rub it up and up in the tub. Did you know you can grow that? And if you sprout it in like March here in-house and move it outside, you can grow them right here. You can order seeds on Amazon. For next year right but i grow these in south carolina and we give them away as gifts isn't that awesome listen when you come to fort city church you learn things like botany stuff it's awesome let's show you a couple of others okay anybody know this one this is a weed but we buy bags of it to feed birds right let's show you it's a thistle yeah show you one other anybody know this one? Oh, there it is let's show you it that's right. So I wanted to show you these because would it be weird to plant a watermelon seed and have a corn plant sprout from it? That would be really weird. So let me ask you a question. Let's speak to your finances. At the current rate of investment that you are doing right now, what type of harvest can you reasonably expect to receive? Because if... I meet a lot of people well-intentioned who are saying, I'm believing the Lord to fund this dream. It's a really big dream. It's to start a business. It's to start a mission. It's to be able to uh, go to college or pay for my kids' college. And I'll say, how much are you investing? And they say, none. I'm just believing the Lord will send it. And I'll say, you've forgotten the principle of sowing and reaping. And so that's my challenge to you today is to recognize that the harvest, Paul said it, remember this, that is proportional to what is sown. We pick up verse 7, and it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves that what type of giver? Cheerful. And, you know, I, I thought this was interesting. I stayed at the Town Place Suites here in town, the one that apparently has burned down twice. Um, it did not burn down while I was there, which is good. And they have some facts about Fort McMurray, and I was compelled by this. It said that it was founded 
in 1870. It's 59.89 square kilometers. The elevation is 260 meters. It's in the time zone of the mountain standard time. Isn't this exciting? Does anybody know your provincial bird? Oh, you're going to learn more things. It's the great horned owl. What's your flower? There, the wild rose. And the province song is what? Alberta. There we go. See, uh, see look at this. I know this stuff because it's on here. The highest point is what? Mount Columbia. 37, 47 meters. That's pretty high. And here's a local fact. I, I was compelled by this. It says, Fort McMurray has been called the most giving community in Canada for its generous charitable spirit. Is that incredible? Come on. How awesome is that? And I'm sitting here saying, I'm coming here to speak about generosity, and I'm going to be preaching to the choir. That's awesome. Because we can still be encouraged. But do you see that the DNA has been invested in this town? And your life is one more extension of that generation that helps this city be known as that spirit of giving. How awesome is that? And so when we look at this, we know what it means to be giving cheerfully. And what I found, and this is the principle, is that cheerfulness accompanies generosity. Cheerfulness accompanies generosity. And that if you can't give without happiness and gladness of soul, don't do it. Because when you realize that giving is not about us, it's about what happens in and through us and how it blesses others, it brings a gladness of heart that money cannot buy, that anything else in life cannot deliver. And so I ran across a story that kind of shows this, and it's a young man, it's his 12th birthday, he thinks that his father has forgotten his birthday. He is a baseball player. He's in tribal baseball. And what he wanted for his birthday was a special baseball bat. And if you've had any kids involved in baseball, you know these bats are not cheap. So it's a bad day for this boy. His dad has forgot his birthday. And he's going to play baseball on his birthday. And he's not gotten the bat he asked for. And we pick up the story as they head to the game. Let's watch this video. You all right? You still mad at me? Huh? You all right? Hey. Yeah. I got to get something out the trunk. Go get, go get that. Get that bag for me out the trunk. Shit. Happy birthday. Don't cry. You're about to make me cry. Don't cry. Pull it out. Let the world see it. I want to see some home. I want to see some home runs. I love you. Please don't. Don't cry. Let me see. Let me see you post up with it. How you gonna knock it out the bar? There you go. Right. We gonna go to this game and hit some home runs, right? That's right. How awesome is that? Isn't that awesome? I love that story. Every time I watch it, and true story, that afternoon he hit a home run and his dad was over the outfield fence and caught the ball. That's awesome. And so here's what I know, that cheerfulness always accompanies generosity and you may not always see it, it being the end result of your generosity, but you can always experience the cheerfulness of having given.
And so if you want to move from greed to generosity, if you want to move from selfishness to selflessness, recognize this great gladness of heart that can be introduced to your life by continuing to practice generosity. We pick up verses 8 and 9. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And I love the four words that that starts with. It says, And God is able. And so, will you say those four words with me? Will you say them? Let's go. And God is able. God is able to do what, Joe? He's able to do whatever you have need of. The last I checked, he's still the same God. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. And if you have need of healing, he is Jehovah Rapha. You have need of provision, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is our great provider. And so I encourage you, if you have a situation in your life, whether it is financial or it is relational or it is physical, I would tell you this and remind you, and God is able. Hold to that promise to do all things at all times, having all that you need, and you'll be able to abound in every good work. And here's what I love about it, that God gives us tasks or he gives us burdens that we cannot ourselves see our way through or out of. And that allows us to have a dependence and reliance upon God so that when he does the miracle, only he will get the glory. And that is a wonderful thing. God is able. In verses 10 through 14, we wrap it up, and I'm going to issue a challenge. It says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can buy a side-by-side. Does that what it says? You'll be enriched in every way so you can get that new kitchen. Does it say that? You'll be enriched in every way so that you can uh, buy a second home in Cancun. No, none of those are wrong, by the way. But why does it say you'll be enriched in every way? Why? So that you can be, what? Say the word, generous on every occasion. And through it, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, our blessed family from Ukraine, supplying the needs of the Lord's people, right? But it is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you proved yourselves, watch this, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. In their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. My final point today is that generosity meets people's needs and points them to God. Generosity meets people's needs and points them to God. And I will just tell you this. In my life, I've seen this repeated over and over and over again. That as God blesses me, he provides it because he has confidence it can go through me. And it is a habit, it is a skill that we develop with the Lord's guidance in our life through prayer. And I can just give witness that for me, the recognition that God is the biggest giver ever. 
What's the verse say? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son Jesus. And what did he do? He gave his one and only life so that he could forgive us of a debt that we could never repay and give us that free gift of eternal salvation, something we could never earn, merit, or pay for. Thanks be to God for that amazing gift. And he's the biggest, most generous God ever. We're created in the image of God, and that's why when we give, we are most like him. And when I recognize that God places resources in our hands, and they're limited for us, that how I manage those resources is a reflection of my trust in him and my trust in his word. And so my bride and I, when we were broke, put together a budget. Spenders are going to tune me out for one minute. We put together a budget on our old Gateway 2000 computer. And we put it in Excel because I'm an engineer and I love it. Woo! Excel. Yeah. Yeah, I've got my engineers and accountants are fired up now. And we did something crazy. We followed it. And in those 14 months, we saw all of our debt disappear, except for our house. We were able to take that pay cut. And just 10 years and one month after the day we took that step of faith, at age 38, we paid off our house. And I stand here 10 years later saying, look what the Lord has done. He's enabled us to purchase a business, to buy another one, to start another one. Today, I get to stand here, the owner of nine businesses. I have no idea how it happened. But I do know this, that I took God at his word, and I recognized that I'm accountable to him and how I manage it. And to the best of my ability, will I still make mistakes? Yes. Will you still make mistakes? Yes. But to the best of my ability, I'm going to live generously, and I'm going to save and invest, plan the rest, and God will show up and do what only he can do. And if you took it all away, hey, the Lord has been very good to me. And all God's people can say amen to that. And so let me issue a challenge. And this challenge that I've prepared is something called a 90-day generosity challenge. And here's what it is. Um, it, it is. It is 13 weekly devotional videos where I identified the scriptures that have most impacted me in my own generosity journey. And I sat down and we read the verse... And then we walk away with one key principle and maybe one or two things we could do that week to practice that skill of generosity and how it honors God, how it blesses people, and it positions us for blessing. And so let's pull up a QR code, and here's how you can register for it. Simply just pull up your phone and camera, and I'm praying for at least 70 families to sign up for this through the weekend. And, and you can click right here, hopefully it works. Yes, it works. It works. It works. And you scroll here and you give your name and email address. And let me tell you, you are not signing up for a marketing blitz. You get 14 emails, one that says you signed up. And then you're going to get these one every Monday. And you'll get this encouragement in this important area of our, our spiritual journey. And when it's done, you'll be removed from the list. But my hope and prayer is for those of you that have, you've been living this for decades, that you'll be encouraged in your journey. And for those of you who've never truly trusted the Lord through giving, that this would be the catalytic moment for you to start an unbelievable walk with the Lord and trusting him 
with your giving and managing the rest according to his word. My last challenge for you is that you would attend the financial learning experience this afternoon. It's going to be awesome. And if you're winning with money, that's great. You should still come because I guarantee you, you know someone who's not winning with money. And you can get access to all the tools to be able to take it to those friends, those coworkers, those family members to help them prosper. Will you join me in praying as we hand it back to the team? Lord, I thank you so much for every life represented here. God, I pray that we would grip and grasp the enormity, the opportunity that is right in front of us when we embrace your word and we recognize that you own it all. We are just managers or stewards. And God, help us to move. God, if there's any seeds of greed, Lord, I pray that you would weed them out. Help us to move towards generosity. If there are seeds of selfishness, help us to beat it back by living in acts of faith and selflessness. And Lord, I pray that for those that owe a lot, help us to become owners. And Jesus, I do thank you that you gave us that free gift of salvation for those that need you. Lord, may they cross from death to life today. May they not leave here without surrendering their life to you, confessing with their mouth that you are Lord and believing in their heart that God raised you from the dead so that they could get that free gift of salvation. Jesus will never get over your outrageous generosity. In your name we pray, amen.